you're given these obstacles for a reason. And because I found the reason why I'm given this, that, that's what gives me hope. And that's what gives me purpose and value and where I want my life to go. Welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast this week is Logan Sneed. He's an inspirational public speaker, social media influencer, ketogenic diet expert, a best self coach with a passion for personal transformation. He's an author. He just came out with his new book, Thank You Cancer, and he's a brain cancer survivor. I love this week's new episode with Logan because it poses this really important question. What if the worst thing that's ever happened to you was actually the greatest blessing that you've ever received? When Logan was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer, he used his diagnosis as a springboard for the life of his dreams. No obstacle, not even cancer, would stop him from creating the life that he wanted or derail him from his desire to reinvent himself every day and pursue the dreams that he really wasn't ready to give up. In this week's new episode, we chat all about Logan's cancer diagnosis, what it was like finding out that he had stage 4 brain cancer, what his doctors told him was possible, and how his life really began to change when he decided that he wasn't going to give up. Logan shares how he's used his diagnosis to create the life of his dreams and how he began to see his diagnosis differently. Logan also shares with us the power of a positive mindset, and I loved this part of the conversation, and how by really thanking our obstacles, we can become the CEO of our lives and the best version of ourselves. He also shares what he hopes readers will take away from his new book, Thank You Cancer, His Biggest Dream, and so much more. I am so excited to share this week's inspiring conversation with Logan, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Make sure to join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you're tuning in and leave us a rating and review. Ratings and reviews really help us get seen by new people and share what Seek the Joy Podcast is all about. So when you leave that review, take a screenshot and send it to Sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I will send you our guide for infusing more joy into your life. And it's a really awesome way for us to connect outside of the show. All right, guys, that's it. I am really excited to share this week's new conversation with Logan Sneed, to share with you his new book, Thank You Cancer. This concept of thanking our obstacles is so powerful because we never know how those boulders or those doors that have shut in our face will really turn into stepping stones and breakthroughs and ultimately change our life. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Logan Sneed. interesting and really cool about your story is that it's really a story about beating the odds. So I would love it if you would start us, take us back to this moment where you found out you were diagnosed with cancer and what, what was that experience like? Oh man, it was, uh, it was like you're walking into a whole different world. Um, you're basically, you know, walking into so many unknowns and it's just a new you that has to be created or, or you know, it's a you that has to be defeated. And, you know, it's something that you, you kind of decide and that's what it was like. And at first it was very destructive. Um, it was very difficult, but, you know, I, it allowed myself to really progress and take action on this and, you know, find something that can work. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because it was there for 
tears and I didn't, you know, I didn't even know it. Um, and yeah. And so suddenly it just happened one day where, you know, I had a seizure uh, while I was driving and I was FaceTiming my girlfriend at the time in a car one day. And I, I I never even like, I've never FaceTimed and drove in my car, like not once in my life, except (laughs) that one day. Um, and, and if I didn't, you know, I don't know how everything would have been. It could have been a lot worse. And so, yeah, I had severe headaches every day for like six years and I just thought it was kind of normal to have headaches like that. So I just kind of brushed it off, um, just took it in. And then one day I had a seizure and that really is what sparked the question of why I had a seizure. And that led to us scanning my, my head and figuring out that it was a tumor that was up in there. So you were FaceTiming your girlfriend and, and then what happened from there? Yeah. So I, what happened was, is I basically drove half a mile kind of unconscious and I, uh, yeah, thankfully I just ended up in a ditch. So it was a, there's actually no damage to the car. There was no injury whatsoever. Um, and she just kind of watched the whole thing. And, you know, thankfully I was FaceTiming because she knew where I was going. And so they knew a route to go find and see where I kind of landed at. And that's what helped everything, you know, I say go well, you know, quote unquote, go better than it could have been. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting because, I mean, cancer is so pervasive. It's something that, I mean, I don't know a single person that doesn't know someone that has cancer or has had cancer, but I think it's one of those things where you think it'll happen to somebody else and you don't think it will happen to you. Did you experience that too, where you felt like cancer was something that was far removed from your life and then turns out, oh my God, like it's something that you have. Yeah. I just, I, I never like, I never really wrapped my mind around the fact that like me being a cancer patient was actually real. Yeah. Um, so like I never really accepted it and eventually, you know, I got to a point where obviously it, it is real. It's something I have to really face and kind of accept it. And so over time, you know, I can't say I got used to it. I got more confident with it, right? I don't want to sit here and say I'm used to being like this or like mm-hmm. this. It's like, I want to sit here and say I'm used to being confident that I'm cancer free and I'm u- I'm confident and I'm used to knowing what what I need to do to keep that confidence uh, in this process there. So yeah, yeah, definitely was an adjustment for sure. Yeah, what you just said about confidence and going through the process and having cancer and and did you say that now you're cancer free? Yeah, so I truly believe that I am cancer free. Um, it's kind of something that nobody knows. Yeah. Because, you know, it's so, you know, brain cancer is so different where it's like you, they just can't tell. Um, but I, I truly believe that I am cancer free and there's been no tumor regrowth for wow. you know, four years. And uh, yeah, it's going to stay that way. So, yeah, that's awesome. So to get to this point where, you know, you feel or you know that you're cancer free. I mean, obviously you had to go through this period with doctors and testing. And so when you went to see the doctors and find out what was going on, what did they tell you? Did they feel like like a positive, confident prognosis, like you can beat this or were they just like, sorry, you know, this is, this is what you've got. Yeah, no, she's basically said that she said, yeah, I'm sorry. There's, we just can't do anything about this. And, you know, it looks like you have about one to 10 years left to live. Wow. Um, and we just can't do anything about it. It's crazy. It's in my book that I wrote, you know, thank you cancer, where I talk about like kind of that situation of what that was like and what exactly she said. And, you know, we were trying to figure out, you know, what should we be eating, what I should not be eating. And, you know, the doctor said, you know, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can really change. And, uh, you know, we're just going to try chemo and radiation, but we just can't do anything about it. Um, and that led to, you know, my dad was like, well, 
should he eat, should he eat something or not eat something? Like, what should we do? And she was like, no, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do about this. And he said, you know, so my son should have a beer and a burger and that's like, that's okay for him. Like he can yeah. do that. And she was like, yes, yes, sir. That, 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 that's what he can do. Um, and that's, you know, obviously we left there like, all right, well, what the heck are we doing? You know, mm-hmm. like it yeah. just was no hope, nothing. So yeah, that's kind of how that went down. And how old were you at the time? Like, I think you were super young, right? Yeah, I was 20, 20 years old. I literally, yeah. 20, yeah, 20 years old. Sorry. Wow. I was 19 turned 20. Yeah. I mean, to be 20 years old and to be told like you've got one to 10 years to live, I think it, it can go either way, right? Like you can accept this and be like, feel so defeated or it can be like, you know what? No, I'm going to face this. I'm going to defeat this. And I think it all goes back to mentality. Did you always have this kind of like persevere? I've got this, like I can do it mentality or was it really cancer that forced you, you know, to adapt that and to really push forward? Yeah, I've, I've kind of always have been that sort of, you know, go-getter. Like, I, whatever I really put my energy towards is really what I go at 100%. And I've always had that sort of mentality. So that definitely has been a gift. But at first, you know, of course, I wasn't just like, I wouldn't diagnose and say, all right, cool, let's go fight the journey. You know, it, was, yeah. it took time and I had to figure out what I could do. And that's kind of when I found the ketogenic diet. And so when I found hope, because I went, you know, there was a few weeks where I went where I just felt like nothing I could do. And... um that's when I ran into the ketogenic diet and I was like, I don't know what this thing is. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'll do whatever I can to make it work because mm-hmm. I got nothing to lose. Right. So I kind of attacked it. It was like either you either you live or you die and you can kind of choose your way on this. And so it kind of was almost a no duh. Like, obviously, I want to live. So I'm going to yeah. do what I can possibly do to, to fix this. And so, yeah, that's kind of what really pushed me is just saying, like, you know, do you want this to control you or do you want to control it? And obviously I wanted to control it. And so, yeah, that's what kind of built all that confidence and gave me some hope in the journey. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I love what you shared too, that there really was a period of time where you you know felt defeated or you weren't sure what you were going to do. And I think that's kind of the piece of the journey that we often don't talk enough about is that you don't go from like zero to 60, zero to hope right away. Sometimes you do have to go through that period of time where you are wrestling with your reality and how it's making you feel. And maybe you slide, you know, into depression or anxiety, you know, before you really jump into hope and finding an action plan for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you shared in the book too, that I think it was this idea that what's ever happened to you in your life is actually the greatest blessing that maybe it appears as an obstacle or as a setback, but really it's a blessing. In what ways has cancer and this diagnosis, this huge obstacle, which I think for so many, you know, would be a death sentence and you've really used it as a springboard. How has all of this been just the greatest thing that's happened to you, you know, really as opposed to the worst? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, you know, it's kind of hard. I, I didn't think at first, like, oh, man, this is great. Awesome right, like who does, this. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just kind of it kind of snowballed. It turned into like, you know, I was able to transform my life. And then suddenly I started my business, you know, and I was like, all right, well, this looks like it's transforming other people's life. And I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And then it kind of led to me deciding like, okay, let's write a book. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote my book and then it led to me meeting so many amazing people at so many different conferences and it grew my social media, not in the sense of because I you know grew my social media, but because I was able to personally meet these people and personally help these people through social media. And I would get messages of like, Logan, you've changed my life. Logan, I lost 50 pounds. Logan, I, you know, I was able to overcome, you know, diabetes or I was, I was overweight or whatever. Like it's those sort of things. And I look back and I'm like, well, if I didn't have my own cancer, I, you know, I don't know 
if they would even know me. I don't know if they would even transform their life. I don't even know if they would even be alive. Right. And thirdly, I wouldn't even be on this podcast, you know? <laughs> so Maybe it's for like, a different reason, but not yeah. for, for this huge, this huge yeah. moment or, or time in your life. Do you feel like the impact that your journey has had on other people, does it serve as fuel for you to keep going? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if this is the right word, but that's what makes it fun. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And I say fun as in like, there's purpose behind this, right? There's purpose in the sense of where we can go at this, not where it can go at us, right? Because mm-hmm. again, like, you know, cancer, there's a lot of things uncontrollable. I can't go back and fix the past, but I can go and I can work to, you know, to carve my future. And it just keeps me motivated and, and it allows me to have that tunnel vision of really where I want my life to go and knowing the value that I can bring to the world and not the energy I can take from the world, right? Like if mm-hmm. I know I can change my life, I know I can change somebody else's. I know I can give that energy and all the approaches that I that I bring to the table um, and what I've done for my own life. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely a journey. Yeah, I, I do totally get what you mean by that. It's fun. Like you start to – you see how you've changed and transformed your own life and then you see the impact on others. And I think it reminds you of why, you know, maybe in some ways you kept going and you, you know, you proved the doctors wrong and you found a solution, you know, that worked for you that allowed you to keep going and to keep living your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So take me back, if we can, to that moment when you found the ketogenic diet and you started to change your life life and your lifestyle and almost was it like a moment where you started to trust yourself and trust your gut and and know that you know you could find something that would change your life like what was that moment like that feeling of like okay I, I found something I, I can keep going yeah yeah I um it, basically what happened was is I was actually paddleboarding with one of my friends and um I he was like just tell me what I should do you know some things that I could be changing and uh, he's like, have you heard of this keto diet? And I was like, no, I've never heard of that. He's like, you should look into it. It, it could really help you, especially with your tumor, preventing the regrowth, all those sort of things. And it got me super intrigued. And I stayed up till like 3 a.m. that night just like looking at it and figuring out, okay, what is this thing and how could I make this work? Yeah. And it really intrigued me because it shows, you know, it can help body fat loss. It can help lean muscle development. It can help improve, you know, overall cognitive function. It can improve it could starve cancer. It could prevent tumor regrowth. It could even potentially shrink tumors. And I was like, wow. I was like, oh my gosh, like that is it. I was like, if it can help with every one of those things that I have that I'm trying to achieve and help help my life grow in that sense, I'm like, I got to make this work. And so I went out at full throttle. I I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go question it. I didn't want to like second guess it. I didn't want to sit there and, you know, mm-hmm. think twice about it. I just wanted to go and I wanted to make it work. Yeah. I love this moment that you shared that you were like up till three in the morning, like researching and really looking into it. And it's usually like those moments where you find yourself totally diving in that you, you realize you're on to something. Do you know what I mean? Like when it's fascinating and you keep doing the research and, and looking into oh, yeah. it, I think it's so interesting, just the impact that it obviously had on your like physical health and with your cancer. But I can imagine that it also had an impact on your mental and your emotional well-being too. When you started adapting this lifestyle and, and changing the way you were eating, did you start to feel like it was positively like impacting your mindset and how you were looking at cancer and then looking at your life? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, at first it was more like a, the doctor said I'll be dead in one to 10 years. So should I listen to that? And at first, of course, I, I thought the doctor was the bread and butter to it all. I thought whatever the doctor says is true. Right. I'm not saying that they're I'm not saying they're dumb because obviously they're not dumb, 
But just because the doctor tells you one thing does not mean that your life will be like that, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and scare people, but there has been doctors who have misdiagnosed people saying they have severe cancer and that their lifespan is, you know, X, Y, and Z. When they go back, when the person has actually died and they realize it was a complete misdiagnosis and because they've drilled that into their mind, their mind has basically created that disease of their thoughts of when they're going to be dead. And that's what has caused that outcome, Mm. right? Like that's the scary thing about it on how powerful the mind is. And that's what I've learned is that like, just because the doctor says this does not mean your life is actually going to go like that, right? Like the doctor is not, it's not going to control your life. And so that's really what sparked me is like, I found something. It is almost like I found, I found where the gold is lying in the cave. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of chiseling away at this to really get there. And I just knew that it was there and I'm going to, I'm going to get at it. I don't care how long it takes. It may take my entire life, but I'm going to just keep chiseling away because I know it's sitting right there. Yeah. What you shared too about how powerful our minds are. I mean, it's so true. So interesting how you really chose to adapt, you know, your own mindset that would really be beneficial for you. And in the book, it's all about thinking your obstacles. And you share these questions and I have to read them. You say, could you write a letter to your weight, your debt or your business? Could you thank it for making you grow? Can you find room to become happier, to enjoy the present and to face the fear and doubt that has held you back? Those are such powerful questions. And and how has asking yourself these questions and and sharing them uh, with the world through your book and through your journey, how has it changed or shifted your own perspective? Yeah, it's it's really shifted my perspective of like, like, you know, don't look at the destinations and look at the process. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the process in every facet of life of your business, the process of you changing your life physically, the process of you going through these obstacles, the process of you losing a loved one, the process of you being diagnosed, you feeling low self-worth, feeling like a failure, right? It's really changed my mindset on realizing the process that you are going through, the process that I'm going through is the journey. And we always have to make the most out of it in every way that we can. And we have to be our own our own CEOs, our own pilots of that process. And um, it's never going to be a day where like, you succeed this, all right, now you're successful. There's never going to be a day where like, oh, once you get this, now you're cancer-free. Yeah, again, you can tell somebody's cancer-free or not, but you can already believe it before it's even there. And that's what the whole cancer diagnosis and this process has given me is like, you know, you can determine your own life in the right now. You can't control what already happened. You may not be able to control what happens tomorrow, but you can control what's right there in front of you today. Um, so yeah, really enduring that process. Yeah, that that's really powerful. And, and I love what you share that you can really become the CEO of your own life and your own journey. And it's about making that choice. How do you continue to think your obstacles? Because I'm sure there are more things and new things that pop up in your way. I mean, it's part of mm-hmm. life. How do you how do you continue to thank your obstacles? Yeah, again, it's really it comes down to how you how you see it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. if we look at an obstacle of like, you know, we broke our foot or something. Like, I don't want anyone to break their foot, right? But right. if we look at it in the sense of like, man, my life sucks and I broke my foot, then yeah, your life probably sucks. <laughs> but if you look at it in the sense of like, okay, hey, I broke my foot, but guess what? I just live today. There's some people who don't even have a foot, right? There's yeah. some people who like literally will lose a loved one. Like, I mean, sadly, as everyone knows, the Kobe situation, right? Like, totally. yeah. things could always be worse. I mean, like, we have to just own up to the obstacle. We have to face it. We have to accept it and say, this obstacle is really in front of me. I have to face it and I have to stop running from it, right? When every time we start bringing negative energy to an obstacle is us just running from it and we're never going to outrun it. It's always going to be there. 
But the moment we face it and accept it and we say, thank you, you know, thank you obstacle, like for being here, because now it's an opportunity for me to grow from what you've just given me, what you've just now thrown in front of me. I'm going to be able to face it and I'm going to be able to grow. Yeah. I think it goes back to just this idea too, that everything is part of the bigger picture. And so every step you take, everything you, you know, every obstacle you overcome or interact with, it's, it's all part of laying this foundation for who you are and, and the path that you're meant to take. So it's interesting too. I think what I've done in terms of thanking my own obstacles in my life is obviously hindsight is always 2020, but if you can look back on it and see how it helped you navigate or push you in the direction that you were supposed to go to or inspire a new direction that you were supposed to or meant to take. I don't know. I think I think it has a huge impact and just even remembering, you know, that things happen for a reason and everything serves as an opportunity for your own growth. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, like, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't have written the book, you know. I, totally. I, don't know it, I don't know if it was a different, if it would be different or what, but I wouldn't have written that book that has changed somebody's life, like more than one person, but one person could read that book and it can completely change, potentially save their life, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's crazy how it all comes together. It's so crazy how it all comes together. And so speaking of your book, I mean, what was the process like sitting down, writing your book? Was it a huge like period of reflection for you and kind of putting all the pieces together? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, kind of how it went down is like, I was like, you know what? I should write a book one day. And I was like, all right, why don't you start it now? Yeah. He's like, okay. And so I started it, you know, right then and there. I was sitting on my couch one day and I actually, I did it all handwritten. So I wrote the whole thing in my journal. Wow. Yeah. And I kind of like, awesome. yeah, yeah, it definitely, it took a long time, but I, I made a note to myself. I said, okay, do one page a day and that's it. Just write one page and you're done. And so I just re- repeated that process every single day until I felt like, okay, the book is done. Right. And so I went through a time where I was like, I was super stressed out. I was like putting myself under so much pressure to get this thing done so I was like, you know what? Set it aside. Let time heal it. So I set it aside. I took a few months off. I actually experienced so many different things in the book that you'll read that I was able to now go back a few months later and put in there. And so I went back in there a few months later. I was like, okay, now I know where we can go with this book. And I went in and I did another page a day and finally I finished it and took about a year and a half. And then, yeah, it led to going to a publisher and Voila, now it's, you know, yeah. up and ready. So, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. And I love what you shared that you committed to sh- to writing a page every single day, but that there came a point in time where you had to let it sit and kind of put it aside and, and come back to it. I think that's such an interesting and powerful message for so many that, yes, you can keep going after your goal or your dream, but sometimes it's okay to put a little distance between yourself and, and that thing that you're working on. Because I think, I don't know, do you experience this where you feel like you have to keep going? but it's really distance and and a little bit of a break that ends up helping you a lot more? Um, Of course, I do believe I always have to keep going. Um, But it's not that I have to, it's that I want to. Totally, yeah. Like, I really, really, really love the journey. I love the process. So it's what wakes me up every day. Like, again, no, I'm not excited that I got diagnosed with all this stuff, but I really feel that I I can bring a lot of value to the world. If I can bring value to the world, I value myself. And that's going to help me value other people. And that's going to help me bring the value to the people. So if I can wake up every day with positive energy that's given to myself and to other people, then I wake up every day loving the process and never wanting to stop. Yeah. And I think what's so interesting is just you shared time and time again is 
this piece about loving the process and allowing yourself to really experience the journey, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself through this journey, through overcoming cancer, through really then sharing yourself and your experiences with so many people? Yeah, uh, I mean, the biggest thing that I learned uh, is a quote that I forget where I saw it, but it's a quote that literally changed and I think saved my life. It's actually at the end and I think the beginning of my book, uh, but it's by Nelson Mandela where it goes, it always seems impossible until it is done. Mm-hmm. Right? I left I left that diagnosis and I thought it was, it was literally impossible to beat this. Now I know that something is possible, right? Like I was told by a professor, like you can't do a business. Like I, for those that are curious, it's in my book, but I actually wrote, a, I wrote, I, the paper was about what do you want to do for like, where, who do you want to work for one day? And I wrote my paper about becoming my own CEO and starting my job and everything. And I failed because I wrote about me working for myself, not anyone else. And so the, the professor, it's like, it's unrealistic. And kind of where I'm going with that is like, you know, cancer seems very impossible to beat. Starting a business and being successful seems impossible to beat. Mm-hmm. Writing a book seems super impossible to even do. For it to be successful is impossible to do, but it's always, it always is, seems impossible until you actually go and do it. You'll never actually know. And then let's say you don't, you, you don't get the desired outcome. You'll grow from it either way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it always seems impossible until it is done has literally changed my life. Yeah. That, I love that quote. And I think it's so true. And it always seems and feels impossible until you actually do the thing that, you know, that scares you. So what are you working on now um, that feels impossible or, or that you're aiming towards? You've got this great business and you're, you've launched this book. What are you, what are you aiming for now that might seem or, or feel impossible until it's done? Yeah. Yeah. I love that question. I would say like really my goal is to become like the next Tony Robbins, right? Like he's traveling the world, changing lives and he's, that's all he does. And, that, and that's what I do every day too, right? But he's doing it in so many different ways. And uh, like, that's really what my passion is. And that's where my vision is, is literally becoming the next Tony Robbins. And mm-hmm. again, I don't know if it takes one, five, 10, 20, 50 years, but you know, I truly believe it will happen. Yeah. Focusing on that impact. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Absolutely. What gives you hope today? How do you continue to get up and just really have the courage to face the odds and to face, you know, your uh, journey or, or to share your journey. Yeah. What really gives you hope today to really continue to share your own courage and, and your own perspective? Yeah. I would just say that there's, there's something out there. There's something more out there than you, you know, and it's, 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 you're given, you're, you're, you're given these obstacles for a reason. And because I found the reason why I'm given this is that that's what gives me hope. And that's what gives me purpose and value and way where I want my life to go. So Just knowing that this is a gift is really what wakes me up. Yeah, it really is a gift. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier, just thanking your obstacles and really adapting or holding on to this positive mindset. I wanted to ask you a little bit earlier too, when we were talking about your book, but what do you hope readers will take away from your book and take away from your experience and and your journey? Yeah, basically what they can take away from it is like, you're going through something in your life, right? Like again, whether it's depression, anxiety, cancer, diagnosis, anything, everybody's going through something. And we all look at it at how horrible our life is. You know, why us? Why me? Why, why me? Why me? Right. But let's look at it and say like, I was given this. Now I can transform my life by using this obstacle and realizing how it can help me grow. Um, so really just face your obstacles. And what I do is I show them that the, the subtitle of the book is, is 30 days in realizing nothing is impossible. 
So nothing in your life is impossible. I don't care if it's an obstacle, if it's a goal, whatever it is, nothing is impossible until you face it, accept it, and attack it. Um, so yeah, I help people reshape those obstacles and just turn it into the best gift that they've been given. Yeah. Face it, accept it and go after it and, and change your perspective around those obstacles and seeing them as a gift is truly just, it's so transformational. Oh yeah. You might've answered this a little bit earlier, but I've got to ask you the question. I ask everyone that comes on the podcast and, and that is what is your biggest dream? My biggest dream is to create the best version of myself. You know, that's, that's something I work for every day. So it comes down to my diet. It comes down to my habits, my environment, uh, my routines, my beliefs, my self-worth, all those sort of things comes together. It's putting the big puzzle together and creating the best version of yourself is what I work for every day. And that's that's really what, what my dream is. Um, so growing every way I possibly can. Yeah. And that journey you know, continues. We're continuing to learn more about who we are. And when you face these obstacles or you have moments in your life that I think feel like a setback you know, in that moment, it's really an opportunity for growth and transformation. And that's totally what you've done and what you continue to do. So Logan, thank you so much for coming on Seek the Joy podcast. And I'm so excited to share your journey. And thank you, Cancer, with the podcast community. Where can everyone find you, connect, get your book and, and learn more? Yeah, yeah, they can. Uh, if you look Logan Sneed up on Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, that's where I'm at. You can you can check out logansneed.com as well. But yeah, if you look up my name on all those platforms, I'm going to be on there. My book's there. If you just type my name in on Amazon, that's where it'll be at. So yeah, just look up my name almost on any platform and I'm, I'm ready to go, ready there for everybody. <laughs> awesome. I'll include everything in the show notes. It'll be so easy for everyone to find you and connect. And thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. This was a really awesome, inspirational conversation. And I think this message of thanking your obstacles is, is really powerful. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's been a lot of fun. 